I'm doing good. Hear a few uh, dog coughs in the crowd. That's great. It's a sign of winter is almost over. It is technically by the months, but the sickness is hanging around. Poor Chels. She's rugged up, though. She'll be fine. You're going to be fine, Chels? Give me a thumbs up if you're going to be good. That's it. <laughs> Believing that the word of God will heal her tonight. Uh, now, tonight, we're going to be finishing off our series of bold believers. Who's been enjoying it? Apart from, obviously, the tea I've been rocking all term. Because as you know, when you get a new shirt, not only do you have to rock it, but it's even more stressful when you can only wear it for a term. It's like, ah, oh, how many weeks can I wear it? And does, do they know that I've washed it? Just to confirm, I have washed it. It is washed well and truly. But I'm sort of, whenever we finish a series, I feel sad and happy at the same time. Because it's, like it's coming to an end, but it's not really, isn't it? Because these messages aren't just for a term. They're meant to hang around for a lot long after that. And that's the beauty of actually having a podcast also. Because you can take notes during the week, during the Friday nights. And then you can listen back on the podcast and even write down some more notes that you didn't catch the first time. But tonight, I'm going to be talking about the journey for the arrival. Now, who loves the journey? Who loves a road trip? Who's like... The road trip, yeah, the great Australian dream. Every family loves a good road trip. It's actually long weekend next weekend, which we didn't realise when we planned the big weekend, but that's actually quite, you know, coincidental, the big weekend's on the long weekend. Uh, but who's going away camping? Who's not coming to big weekend? Who's like, yep, we're going on a road trip, going camping for long weekend, next weekend, next weekend, next weekend, no. Or in the holidays, anyone going on a road trip? Gone camping? Yeah, yeah. There we go, there we go. I personally love a good road trip. I love getting all packed up in the car, getting everything together. Then you go along, get the tunes ready for the car trip. It's all about the tunes, all about the bangers while you're driving along. Kendrick Lamar, we won't say that out loud in this youth group, but he is a beast. Let's say it. Okay. Controversial, but that's all right. Uh, But... I love the road trip. I remember as a kid, we used to, Faith can vouch for this, we used to pack the car. And we used to, you know, you have to get all the luggage together. And it seemed to always fall on my shoulders to pack the car because there's this couple of years where I didn't do it. And it was a bit of a shambles, like everything was just everywhere. I mean, you'd open the boot and like coat hangers would come flying out. I'm like, why do we bring coat hangers? And I'd be so confused to, as to why they're scattered across the car park of where we're staying. But the fact was then it became my responsibility to pack it like Jenga. You know, like Jenga or what's that game? Tetris. It's like a game of Tetris. And the girls would bring the bags out and I'd be like, calm down. We don't need those bags right now. We need something with a bit more angle to get in that gap that we've got going on. And it was very serious business because it had to be packed perfectly. But the fact is is there's nothing better apart from the road trip except for the road trip itself. Now, you love, you love the arrival. The arrival is glorious in itself because, you know, like you get out of the car and it's like, sweet land, so like I haven't seen you in three hours. I forgot what grass felt like. And you, like, touch the grass and it's so sweet and beautiful. But it's even better when you're in the road trip itself, you know, in the car, saddled up. And who loves that moment when it's like, I don't know if your parents do this, but you're driving along and then it's like, Mum, I need to go to the bathroom. And your mum pulls the great card on you going, well, who asked you if you needed to go before we left one hour ago into this journey? And then you're like, yeah, but I didn't need to go then. I need to go now, right now. And then the classic line, I don't know if your parents say, we'll stop at the next stop. And it's like, right on. Yeah, mad. 
Yeah, right on. And it's just like, you hang in there and you're like, sweet, next stop, here we come. And you hang in there. And I remember this clear as day to this day and faithful vouch for me. I said to my mum, you know, I was passenger, I was about, I think, 16 at the time, 17, 16, driving along. And I was like, mum, I really need to go to the bathroom now. We're going on the way to Sydney, so it's a little bit different. Because, like, in eight hours, you'd expect someone to need to go to the bathroom. Am I right? Like, you're drinking liquids, fluids into your body, trying to stay healthy. You need to get fluids. Therefore, you need to release them. And uh, so I said to my mum, it's about, like, I reckon about four hours in. Yeah, about four hours in. And I was like, mum, need to go to the bathroom, like, yesterday. Need to really go. Because I've got a habit of that. I know I need to go, but then I'm like, nah, just hang in for a little bit longer. She'll, she'll come around. And then it's like... Ah, yeah, she's coming around real quick now, and you need to go. And so I needed to really go, and then long and behold, mum was like, yeah, we'll stop at the next stop. And I was like, great, stop at the next stop. I was like, I'm a guy, I can just sort of stop here, but anyway. And so, and then uh, Faith, about an hour later, I reckon not even an hour later, she goes, I'm hungry. And then, and then mum's like, we've got snacks in the car. She's like, nah, I'm hungry. I want chips or something. And then she, well, how old are we, like 13, 14? Yeah, around there. So prime age. And, uh, she, and then it got to the point where I reckon it was about an hour later after Faith saying she needed food, an hour and a half after I needed to go to the toilet, and we still hadn't seen a stop. And we'd seen about three service stations, and I always said to mum, can we stop there? And mum was like, nah, it's on the wrong side. It needs to be on this side. I'm like... I'm sorry, travelling onto the other side of the road is difficult to let your son go to the toilet. Oh, and then face like, I'm dying, I'm hungry, like, the whole time. And so like, we're the most two whingy children. And no joke, got to the point where we're an hour from Sydney and then mum finds a service station. I'm like, yeah, praise the Lord. Well, it's sort of gone now. I'm like, get out. It's like, it's like the needing to go has gone itself it's just like released itself within my body and so I go in there I'm like ah yeah nah don't really need to go now and then face like mmm food she's just stoked because it doesn't really matter for her she gets to get happy either way but it's the thing about road trips is it's the journey not so much the destination sometimes like I feel like you sometimes get more stories out of your journeys that you have or the road trips or when you go places rather than the when you go there and what you do actually there like, I find when I've come back from journeys or come from road trips or trips away, I always find, like, for example, our honeymoon, we went over to New Zealand last year. And, you know, we booked, you know, economy because, you know, poor life. Um, and we went on Jetstar, poor life yet again. And, uh, but we were getting there. And we got on there and we immediately noticed uh, we were the probably the only two Australians on the plane, I think. And uh, the rest were of um, an Asian descent. And... We were sitting on the plane and I realised very quickly that we were on a smaller plane than normal because instead of just having like three, you know how like normally there's like three seats when you're on the pool plane? Well, this one had like five and like we were all crammed into one row. And then we thought it would be a great idea to get the window seat because, you know, you get to look out. But what we didn't realise is once you're out the window, you're trapped. And uh, we had this uh, older dude sit next to us, Asian descent. And uh, we also had Asian descent sitting behind us and in front of us and for the next 10 rows behind and in front and to the side. And it was great because obviously they all knew each other. And I don't know about you, but when people are talking about you, 
like, and you know it, but you don't know what they're saying. It's sort of like a little bit like confronting. Like, you're like, oh, I don't know what they're saying. But when it's in another language, it's just like even more confronting because you're like, what are they talking about? And you have no idea. I was like, I knew one word and I'm pretty sure they weren't Japanese. So I was out of the boat completely. And they were just talking and rumbling on in their language. And long and behold, no joke, they let off the worst uh, smells I've ever smelt in my life and Beth will attest to this I was actually dying like I had gone from like a nice pinky sort of white that I am to like this green like almost purple going black because of the smells in the air and I could just feel like my my brain like going against what was going on like it was like nah I've had enough I'm shutting down and like you'd think like it'd get better but like it got worse just it was like it was stewing and like it just kept like they kept reloading and going again and then there's like all them talking another language and it was just stressing me out completely and I was like I'm just stressed and I'm like going down the hill very quickly because it was the point where we finally landed and I could not get off that plane quick enough but of course it was stuck in the window seat and I actually felt like I was going to pass out like I I remember looking at Beth at one point going I'm going to pass out I'm really I'm gone I'm gone we haven't even got to New Zealand I'm gone and but the fact is is that we now have that story which we laugh about 24-7 and that actually beats half the stories that we're on our honeymoon I mean we have great stories on our honeymoon a lot of weird moments that happened in another country but the fact is is that we have a great story because we went on a journey and it wasn't just even the arrivals the journey itself which gave us a story And it's all about the great road trip, people say. And what I want to bring to your attention is who's 15 tonight? Who is, like, 15 or, like, you're on on the cusp of 15, like, you're almost 15, like, within months? Maddie and Kai, yeah, bring it up. Kai, are you 15? Oh, controversial. Yeah, it's 15, close enough. Well, did you know... That David, who knows King David in the Bible? He's been around for long enough. No, King David, yeah, Davo, Davinator. Uh, he was 15 when he was anointed to be king, right? So he was 15 when Samuel, remember last week I spoke about Samuel the prophet coming to anoint King David out of his seven brothers? I found out that it was seven, by the way. So, you know, shout out to the seven. But uh, the fact was that he was 15 when he was anointed but 30 when he reached his calling because he didn't become king till he was 30, right? That's 15 years in between being anointed to actually being appointed. How cool is that? So there was a 15-year gap there. And what I want to bring to your attention is the harder the journey, the sweeter the arrival. So David had a rough journey. Like he had to wait 15 years. He had something birthed inside him from God. God gave him this idea. God anointed him as king of Israel, which at the moment was like like the biggest, the only nation in the world pretty much. That's how big it was. And he was being anointed as the next king of Israel at 15. And he had his calling. But God made him wait till he was 30 to be appointed for that calling. And so the thing about our faith is it's a journey of faith, not the destination. And you, can, you can't stay too long at the top of mountains. Who knows, like, this, the cliche of there can be mountains in life, but also the valleys. And when you're on the top of the mountain, that's where everything's going well. Now, woohoo, party. And then when you're in the valleys, that's when it's hard. You know, you're in the battle zone, getting through stuff, going through stuff. But the thing is, I don't think you've noticed, but another story from New Zealand is I can attest to this as an asthmatic. Uh, when you climb to the top of a mountain the air becomes very thin and you actually lose the ability to breathe. It happened to me personally, so I can attest to this. But when you're in the valley, there's heaps of air. 
So let's just let that sink for a bit. When you're at the top of life, there's not much air for you to grab. So you've got to go back down the mountain eventually and get more air in order to go back up the mountain. See, great fruit is the great trials, the challenges of life. When we see a dream, we will be distracted. It will often be when we're distracted. You know, I can, I can call you out, boys, in this because I used to be you. Sitting up the back playing your Fortnite or playing your FIFA on your phones, just hanging out, you know, while the message or something's going on. But the thing is, it's often when you're distracted in those moments that God's going to start to speak to you. He's going to start to install something. You won't even realize it. You won't even be paying attention to what's being said. But then the Spirit of God will come in and start to speak a dream or something into your heart. And see, the thing is, it exhilarates us and scares us at the same time. We leave from that moment thinking it will happen straight away. Like David, don't you think David, when he was anointed at 15, he's like, yeah, I'm going to be king. But then he had to wait till he was 30 to be king. I don't know about you, but I'm not 30 yet, and that seems like a while away. I can remember when I was 15, just, just, it was a while away. But the fact is, it's such a far apart. Like he was 15, and then at another 15 years, that's when he became king. And we seem to think when we get dreams and we get ideas and goals for our life, that they're going to just happen straight away. They're just going to be straight away achievable. But the fact is, is that life is a journey. It's not so much about the arrival or the destination. See, like I said, David was 15 when he was anointed, but 30 when he was appointed. I love David because he reminds me of me, the unlikely one, the one who people said wouldn't be what he said he would be. David becomes king and Samuel asks his dad after seeing his six sons all lined up, is there another one? Remember last week when I said he was trying to go off looks like the world would, but God said, no, I look at a man's heart. And then he said, he said to the dad, he said, is there another one? Another son that you've forgotten? Another son that you're trying to hide away? Another son that you're not as proud of as these boys? A son that was overlooked maybe? And you can read in the Bible when David's dad is sort of like caught out and you can like almost hear that he would be like this. Uh, like, you know, like when you're trying to hide something or like get one over someone and then they catch you out and then they actually catch on to what you're doing. And so like you don't even have a response. You just have that noise like, uh, like what is my next move? <laughs> call me. And like Samuel's like waiting and then he's like, yeah, there's another one. He's out in the paddock. And But has anyone feel like they have been that son, that seventh son, the one that's been overlooked, the one that's been forgotten, the one that's been felt like you're not proud of sometimes, like at times that your parents don't show that they're proud of you, at times your teachers don't show they're proud of you, or your friends don't show you that you're proud of. Anyone who feels like they are or have been that seventh son. And there's this other story in the Bible of Gideon. Does anyone know Gideon from the Bible? Gids, the Gideonator, he's great. And there's this point of time where he's having dialogue with God. He's talking with God and he's going back and forth and God says, I've got a plan for your life. I've got something I want you to do. And Gideon just goes one after the other, fires back an excuse. Bam, bam, bam. Excuse, excuse, excuse. And like what I've started to realize in life is that sometimes God is like a bobblehead. Who knows what a bobblehead is? I've got a great one. I've got a Jesus one that I haven't yet put in my car because I want to make sure I've got the car to put it in. Beth with the testers. Beth is always like everywhere. Why don't you put it in the car? Like, I bought it to go in the car. And I'm like, nah, it's got to be in the right car. Like, the right one. <laughs> and so, but who has a bobblehead? Has anyone got one or seen one? Like, they're the things with the head and you can bobble them back and forth. Yeah, that's great. I love that. Exactly. But the thing is, is sometimes God is like a bobblehead. Like, we'll fry back excuses or things that we're saying to him. And he just sometimes is like, like, I've retold you what I want you to hear. 
and when are you going to start listening? We throw our excuses, but God's just nodding, waiting for you to finish. So, and sometimes, I remember this clear as day as a child, even Faith would test this, I'd be in my room playing my FIFA, FIFA 07 back in the days. That's when the OGs were Ronaldo and Ronaldinho back in, you don't even know who they are, but that's Gs. But I was playing, I was jamming out, listening to my beats, listening to my music, playing my FIFA by myself, clearly had a great social life at the time. That was on Saturday, I was on, uh, I was on re- recoup mode, I was trying to refresh the body. You know, yeah, Elijah can attest to that. Yeah, recovery, recovery day, that's it. Uh, and the thing was, I was recovery with FIFA and um, doing, the God's, doing the God's way, doing the God plan. And mum would come in and she'd be like, like something like, oh, can you go do the dishes for me or something like that, like right now? And then I'd be like, yeah, just in a second, mum. And she'd be like, uh, like right now? And I'd be like, yeah, right, yeah, in a second. And then she'd be like, just start nodding her head. And giving you like, have your mum or your parents ever given you a look that like, they are smiling with their mouth, but their eyes say a whole different story. And it's like, it's just like scary. And, like, and then I remember I was playing FIFA and then I look up and I was like, oh, good Lord. I was like, <laughs> I was like almost startled to the core. I was like, okay. And then I could sense my mum was saying like, are you going to go do it or are you just going to make me repeat myself? Because you're going to go do it either way. And sometimes that's God with us. Because sometimes we're just jamming, we're just hanging out. And God's already told us what he wants us to do, what he already has a dream for our lives. And we go, yeah, nah, but I'm not, as, I'm not good enough. Yeah, nah, but I can't do it. Yeah, nah, but I can't do this. Yeah, but nah. And all these excuses. But God's just standing there like our mom or our bobblehead just going, like, are you going to start listening to me or are you going to make me repeat myself? Because I've already repeated myself five times, told you what you're called and you're anointed for, but you've got to do the work in order to get appointed. Does anyone feel me tonight? But God, he's always got a plan. He's always got a, a second B plan, as I would say. And the thing is, he's already told you your gifts and your calling time and time again. But you've just got to do the work and listen and do what it, you've been blessed to do. The silence of heaven is sometimes just God saying, do you want me to repeat myself or are you going to do it? Like time and time again, I hear people in church and I've had people like my friends come up to me and they say, man, I just haven't heard in God from a while. I just haven't heard from him. He hasn't spoken to me in a while. I haven't heard anything from God. Has anyone gone through like that sort of dry season where you feel like you haven't heard from God? You haven't been hearing as much of his presence or feeling like as connected to him as you normally have? And what I've learned to say is, and because someone said it to me is, well, when was that point where you had that encounter with God? What was that song? What was that conference? What was that message? What was that piece of scripture that you heard and that made you have an encounter with him? And then they normally, you know, normally you can remember what it is. And then they all, the best follow-up question is, do you still listen to it? Do you still read it? Do you still go over it? Do you still write notes from that message? Nine out of ten times it's, ah, oh, nah, it sort of got old and boring. Well, how about you pull that back out again? And have that moment with God again. Because clearly that song was anointed by God for you to have an encounter with him for a reason. And you've just got to remind yourself of the calling that God's given you. Philippians 1, 6 is what I want to bring back to us to tonight. And it brings me back to my first point. And if you're taking points down, this is what I want you to note down. And that is setbacks are just setups for comebacks. Philippians 1, 6 says, Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. This is a bit earlier than we've probably got from the message, but that's all good. 
For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Be confident of this that the one who began this will see it completed. God is in the business of not making us give up. God is actually the author and the creator and he never gives up on us. Who's thankful of that tonight? When you think the deadline is there, God will just show up just before. A bit like my uh, tendency to do assignments. I leave them to the last minute, right to the deadline, but then I just show up at the time and hand them in. God is a bit like that with our lives. We think that there's a deadline that we must meet, and we start to stress out, like, is God going to come through? Is God going to come through with this? But God will always show up when you least expect it. He will always show up just before the deadline because God never gives up. And the fact is, let's have a look at Abraham, for example. When he was in the process of going to sacrifice his son, Isaac, who knows his story? It's a pretty gruesome, heavy story. But Abraham got asked by God to sacrifice his son, Isaac, his only son that he, like, it was rightfully his with his wife. And just before he was about to do it, like, do the axe, you know, sacrifice his son, heavy days with the axe, he saw a goat out of the corner of his eye, right at that moment as he raised the axe to go down. He saw a goat. See, Abraham was walking up one way of the mountain, but God was coming up the other mountain, the other side of the mountain with the goat. And there's a mountain in between them. But that mountain is the answer. And God's called you, and the answer is if you give up, you're not going to see what God would come through with. Because if you give up on one side of the mountain, you're not going to be able to see what's on the other side meeting you halfway up the top. Anything that holds you back is just a setup for a comeback, is what I like to say. I'll tell you what advice Rocky's coach told him in Rocky Barbola. Who knows that movie? Classic, classic. Any kid in the 90s watched it back-to-back, every single one, until he knew it off by heart. But there's this scene where every time Rocky was down and out in the fight, you know, they'd go a few rounds and then he'd fall onto the uh, plastic, like the plastic ground. And um, then Rocky was down... And his coach would say to him, you know, you'd expect the coach to have some sort of inspirational words, and he did. And these are the words I'm going to give you for advice tonight. And he says, get up your, off your bum. Get up off your bum. And here tonight I want to tell you that because you, were born to, you weren't born to lay on that canvas. You weren't born for the non-caring lifestyle. No, you were born to do great things. So sometimes we've just got to get up off our bums. David's heart was a heart for devotion, not for promotion. That's my second point. David's heart was a heart for devotion, not for promotion. Promotion is always found in devotion. David was never looking for a promotion or a limelight. Like he never wanted to be in spotlight of what he was doing. He was always serving God and his father. That was always the root of his heart. Whenever people feel distance to God, I would say, go back to that devotion, like I said earlier. Go back to that moment where you had the encounter with him. Because when you find devotion with God, is then when he'll give you promotion out of that devotion. Have you fulfilled the dream, the scripture, or still listen to that song? At 9 out of 10, as I said, they will say, nah. Well then, you better grab it back out, dust it off, grab that dream, that highlighted scripture, and listen to that song. And... The final point that I want to make tonight is back to a good old story. Who knows NFL? Who's watched it? I know the girls are probably real sick of these sports stories, but hang in there. It's a good one. And there's the Super Bowl in America. It's like the biggest game of America, pretty much. Like, I think the NBA is a bit bigger, but the stadiums in NFL is pretty big. And the Super Bowl is like the game of all games where they all come together. It's the grand final, like the NRL grand final, but a lot bigger. And there's this story where 
the Patriots were going up against the Giants and the Giants were the underdogs. They were the people who they didn't think would get through to the game, but they did. They did get through to the game. And they knew they didn't actually have the star power or the firepower to beat the opposing team, the Patriots. And so the cha- chaplain for that team, for the Giants, he knew he had to get something extra oomph for the team. You know, like he's feeling Jesus in the moment. He's like, we need extra oomph. So what he did was he went and got a school teacher. And for the next staff meeting that they have where it's like all the players, which is, you know, over 50, over 500 people all in the same room because you've got players, staff, you've got coaches, you've got like doctors, everything you can think of in one room. This massive auditorium, they're all in one room. And he gets a year five and year six teacher to come talk to them for the final biggest game of their lives. Because he needed, he knew they needed something extra. And so he got this year five and year six teacher to come talk to them. And what the U5 and U6 teacher did was he came in with a briefcase and he opens the briefcase as he gets in there and he pulls out poker chips, poker chips with a permanent marker and gives one to each player. And he gives them a permanent marker and says, write down your dream on that poker chip. And obviously every player's dream was to win the Super Bowl. And there's this thing in poker where, I don't know if you've been taught how to play poker, if you have, then... Eyebrows raised. But if you haven't, that's all good. I'll quickly explain it to you. Pretty much, when you've got an unbeatable hand, you go all in. Because you know you've got the unbeatable hand. You know you can't be beaten. So you place all your bets in and go all in. All or nothing. Who's ever heard that saying? All or nothing. And you go all in or nothing on it. Because you know you will win. And so this, that's why this year 5, 6 teacher bought the chips. And he says to them, your dream is written on that chip. What is stopping you from going all in if you knew you had the power to win? He's like, because I'm here today to tell you that you've got the power to win and achieve your dream. You've just got to teach your mind to know it. He says, why don't you go all in on this one because you know you can't lose. And the fact is, is you've, you've got a good sort of friends, but you are a good sort as well yourself. But when you add God to the mix, that's when you come together. And it's far worth more than any trophy or winnings. You can't put a price on relationship. Like our first topic for this year was LinkedIn. It's all about being in community and all being part of a relationship. But the fact is community and most of all family is the most priceless and needed thing in our world today. You cannot put a price on family. You cannot put a price on friendship. You cannot put a price on having relationships with those around you. And regardless of what your family life is back at home, know this, that here at this youth group, here in this church, there is always a family here for you. There is always a family and a community that is ready to gather around you and have your back no matter what you were going through. Regardless of what those around you say, in other words, we own this city and this youth group is called our city. Who knows that? That's a pretty obvious thing. We're called our city. That's our name. But who actually knows what our city means? Because what it means is we own this city. This city of Ballina, this region of Ballina is ours. Yes, it was Jesus' first, but he's given us the keys to the kingdom and said, it's yours. Now claim what is mine rightfully back to mine. And so it is our job to claim this city back for God. It is our job to claim this city back for him and preach the good news. That makes us a family, joint ears. Who's heard of that when, like, you know, you have a will and you have to go in and get the rights to the will? There's normally joint heirs because they're joined by family. That makes all of us in this room family. We're joint heirs with what Christ has given to us, the keys to the city. And the fact is that we're family. We're a youth family. 
We're a family in general. No one or no thing can come between that. My final point tonight is God's plan and your destiny is the same thing. And some of you are here and you've been wondering either tonight or this term that during these talks, during this worship, you've been getting these inklings, like these sort of like things that you've been thinking in your mind. Is this God? Is this, is this a dream that I've been given from God? Is this a, just a dream I've been given in general? Is this actually the calling I've been called for? You've actually been having ideas and moments spurred into your heart that maybe that's what I'm destined for. Maybe that's what I've been out to set for. And what I've got to... My answer to you is when you ask, is it from God, whether it's a dream, whether it's a word, whether it's a revelation, this is my outline for you. You are sitting in a Christian youth group, listening to a Christian message at a Christian church, listening about the Christian word and listening to Christian music, and we're talking about a Christian God. I think you can count that with all those things lining up, that it's from God. Let's, let's get rid of all the religious jargon and nonsense that people go on about and say, you've got to add these equations up to make sure whether it's from God. Nah, God's not about that. He's about making sure it's simple and it's plain as day. If you're listening to his word and you're listening to a message from his word and you're listening to his music that praises his name and worships his name, you can guarantee it's from him. Because another thing to note is if it's positive, it's from him. If it's negative, then it's not from him. It's as simple as that. And today is a new day, a new season. You may have already made a mistake, but you're not a mistake. And you may have fallen, but you can get back up. Like I said, set, up, set downs are just set ups for comebacks. And you may have fallen, but God, God can give, says, give me your heart and just show up and let me do the rest. Who knows how tiring life can get sometimes? Tiring of striving, competing, trying to do your part of the plan. But the fact is, God says, I've already done the plan. You just need to give me your heart and just show up. Show up to youth. Show up to church. Show up for your family, even though you may not want to sometimes. But if you show up for those times and those moments, God says, I will do a new thing in and through you. Jesus has already showed up and he already changed everything. So why don't you just let him continue to do a good work through you? Right now, let's stand together while we're here. And we're going to worship in a second. But I just encourage you to listen to him to, and to worship him. Listen to him and spend these next moments with him. Because Jesus gave everything for you. So why can't you give these next moments to him? I guarantee you, if you do something, if you do this thing, if you give these next moments to God, just like these next few moments, everything will change for you. Everything will change. It may seem like you have a situation which is impossible to change, but God says, I've already done the impossible. Let's turn it into a possible. And the fact is, is if you just let your moment, if you just focus your eyes on not who's around you, but on the one who's above you, I guarantee you will feel a calling from God. I guarantee you'll feel a fresh word from Him. So let's bow our heads as I pray before we worship. Dear God, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for each of every heart, every soul, every mind that's here tonight. We thank you for the plans and the purposes that you have for them. Father God, we thank you that you have anointed them. And we thank you for the time that you're going to begin to work in them and through them for the time that you have appointed them to. Father, we pray that you may continue to do a new thing in and through us. We thank you for 
that you're a God of restoration, a God of new seasons, new beginnings. Father, we thank you that you're a God of change, a God of healing. Father, we thank you that you will change lives and change situations for those around us, even though they seem impossible, because you turn the impossible into possible. And Lord, we just thank you for what you have done, you continue to do and will do in our lives. We thank you that you gave your son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for us, even though we didn't deserve it. But now we worship you because of it. In Jesus' name, amen.